0: I maybe your boy might be interested in putting on a big-time wrestling bout. You know, make a nice hunk of dough for yourself. It's time to play football! Santa? Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. Morgan, you're out of here. You don't have the right temperament for the trade.
1: You're a dead man. What am I supposed to do?
0: There's always barber college. Frankie, I know you're a great wrestler, but my brother, who ain't as handsome as you, is as strong as Charles Yeah, but I've wrestled women that are bigger
1: than him. Sure, you got fat, sloppy women. Hello, and welcome to Camel Clutch Cinema, the podcast where we talk about movies that star wrestlers or have wrestling in them. I'm Guy Hutchinson.
0: And I'm Craig Cohen. And on this episode, we will be taking a look at Spectre with Big Dave Bautista.
1: Yes, and before warned, we're going to spoil this movie. I think it's about a month old at this point. So. Yeah,
0: well, you know what, Guy? I think we're going to spoil probably every James Bond movie. <laughs> That's right. Just uh, just to put that warning out there.
1: Let's get to the, the most important thing about this film is that at, uh, at one of the premieres that they did, uh, Shane McMahon showed up.
0: Oh, really? I didn't hear that.
1: Yes. So this, to me, this is like the most exciting thing. We got to see uh, a very rare appearance of Shane McMahon. Uh, he's got – I'm going to send this to you in the chat so you can see it. Uh, and Anybody that's looking for this, just type Dave Batista Shane McMahon. It's the it's first thing will come up. And uh, he tweeted a picture. Shane looks amazingly like Vince McMahon now, the older he gets. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they took a picture together. I guess uh, Shane enjoyed seeing the movie, so there you go. Oh, look at him! Yep. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah. I, I mean, I think Shane looks looks young, but he's total. That's what I'm saying. He's got his dad's hair. So, and I also like in the background. There's a British-looking guy just looking very concerned. Like, hmm. He's like, Over I'm keeping
0: an eye on these two bozos. <laughs> I don't, no, no, no they British guys don't use the word bozo like, or
1: <laughs> These two. Rikers. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that one. Uh, so uh, so here we go. Spectre, this is what, what film in the James Bond series? Well, how many are they up to?
0: 24 official um, Eon Productions.
1: Oh, right. So it's 24. We're not counting uh, Never Say Never Again or the first Casino Royale.
0: Yeah, and if you really want to get geeky, the TV version of Casino Royale from the late 50s. Oh, that's right.
1: Can't count or, that either. Yeah, no. And isn't James Bond, What's he's different in that in some way. He's got a different name or something? He was
0: American. He was card sharp Jimmy Bond.
1: Jimmy Bond.
0: Yeah, and it's one of the most <laughs> boring hours of TV you'll ever watch.
1: I don't know why that didn't take off. And we're also not counting James Bond Jr., the cartoon series. No. Or the James Pond video game series with the frog that was a spy. Uh, so, so this film is the fourth film with, with Daniel Craig as James Bond.
0: Yeah. And, yeah.
1: And so, you need, I need, I need some help with this. So let me, let me walk you through this. I saw this movie, uh, and, and there is a lot to talk about in this movie, but, I want to ease into a plot summary and all that by just going through what we need to know, what we should come into this film with knowledge of. What are this is it this James Bond arc of these Daniel Craig films are they're continuing, right? I mean James Bond films don't always pick up and really follow up on the previous films, but these ones do, am I right?
0: Yeah, I mean these movies they kind of act as standalone films, although Spectre was the the boldest, in the sense that it really uh, depended on the, the three films that came before it to try and try and you know tie this whole thing together.
1: All right, so I uh, that we'll we'll go through everything and I'll point out the things that uh, that kind of struck me and and confused me a little bit. Uh, so it starts out we we get the first shot of Kanenga from uh, from from you know uh, the James Bond. What's the what's the one with the uh, Oh, damn it. What is it? Hold on. <laughs> Look. It's the Roger Moore one with the, uh, uh, hold on. Let's see here. He did, uh, Live, Let live, Die. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Kananga. Kananga. Was it Kananga? The, yeah, uh, yeah, wasn't that the Papa Shango? Yeah, it was Dr. Kananga. Yeah, it was yeah, Dr. Yapakoto.
0: Yeah. 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 All right. You should yeah. I said, have it Papa Shango? Yeah.
1: We yeah. open up, like, that's the first image. I don't know if you caught this. Yeah, on... oh
0: yeah, no, that, that was one of the many Easter eggs in that film.
1: Ah, so I, I thought, I was wondering if that was intentional, but in this Day of the Dead celebration, there's this first character we see, this first, like, um, uh, puppet or, or paper mache, uh, mm-hmm. character that looked very much like, uh, Dr. Kananga. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and and I thought that's what that was supposed to be. There seemed to be a lot of references to other films in this. Um, so we start out, we have this festival. Right away we see James Bond walking through the crowd. He's with a woman. Do we know her from a previous film?
0: No. That was a, a, a just a being dropped into a story um, that, you know, it creates instant confusion but you and know i i that's kind of what i dig about some of the bond movies no i mean that's
1: fine i just i didn't know if i was supposed to know who she was um so we get this opening scene he walks out he, he they go up into a room and then she's like where are you going and he's like i'll be right back goes out the door uh climbs across some rooftops and then we see some guys that clearly are bad guys cuz he's spying on them and they're yeah. talking about they're going to blow up a stadium
0: yeah, and and the one thing that I read about this scene after seeing the movie, and I haven't seen the movie since I read this, was that whole opening uh, shot going up to the the bedroom was one continuous shot.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, it definitely felt like one. Yeah. Um, they can fake those nowadays. Oh, yeah,
0: totally. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, that yeah, was computers. really – I know. It used to mean something. Uh uh, But that was a really good – so he gets up there, and he sees these guys. He's got his gun on them, and they're going to blow up a stadium. And then they said something like, we're going to go see the White King or something.
0: Yeah, the the White – yeah. It it was a codename, the White Pawn, the White King, yeah. Yeah.
1: So they get – he then starts shooting. uh, Guys in other rooms are shooting at him.
0: (laughs) And a building explodes.
1: That's (laughs) right. So he shoots, I guess, the suitcase that would have blown up. Yeah. The stadium, and instead it blows up this building. Now, you could presume that a lot of people die, although it's also very possible that all those people are out in the street, so they're they're safe. You know, like it. I mean, when they showed the shots of the city, no one was home.
0: Yeah, I mean, there was a tremendous amount of people, thousands, know, hundreds of thousands.
1: But, yes, but this was uh, devastating. This building collapses, and then the building bond is on. The roof of that collapses, and it makes a slide for him to slide down into a couch. Right? I thought at this moment, uh, and this is, you know, some really good action. uh, I thought that this might be a dream sequence. Because mm-hmm. um, it was so over the top, uh, which is one of the things that you find um, in James Bond movies that they'll they'll go to a point of total absurdity. I found less of that in the Daniel Craig films. Oh, totally. Uh, I felt like in in like one of the Pierce Brosnan movies, I remember he was driving a tank with a with a horse statue that got. That a was hatch-
0: GoldenEye. GoldenEye ran out of the gate. I, I remember <laughs> seeing GoldenEye in theaters, and as soon as that opening sequence. He launches the motorcycle off the mountain and then um, sort of free dives into a plane that is crashing, right. um, and then flies it away. I was like, okay, I'm I'm completely on board with this. <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah, so he slides down, he goes in, and then he comes outside and miraculously, even though that building was torn down, the bad guy's running away. We don't yeah. know who this guy is. We don't know what he did. We just know he's bad. And and Bond chases him through the streets. Uh, this guy gets on a helicopter. Bond gets on the helicopter, and they have this awesome helicopter fight with a crowd of people below the helicopter.
0: Amazing. It was such a great, great sequence.
1: I loved everything about how this sequence was shot that, you know, uh, Bond is in the helicopter. And so when he would like, when he pushed somebody out of the helicopter, we didn't go to another angle. We stayed in the helicopter. That guy's out of the helicopter. We're not, we're not going to follow him to the ground. You know, we're not going to get reaction shots of people on the street. We're, we're right in this helicopter. Oh yeah. Um, And it's like silent, you know, almost. I thought that was a really, like a really exciting, intense sequence. Um he gets this guy's ring which is important and um he takes over the helicopter and glides it safely to where he's heading. Yeah. And that's the end of this opening scene. Uh in terms of an opening scene if we're just going uh 5 out of 5 stars, what do you say on this?
0: Oh, this is a 5-star opening five scene. This it's just, it's, I, it's the best opening scene of the Daniel Craig Bond movies. With probably Casino Royale being a close second, yeah, which had I, that whole free, uh, you know, the parkour sequence where.
1: Oh right, right.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. The the very um uh what's the Matt Damon series that? I, uh, born, the born. Born. born very born. Yeah. Jason
0: Born Identity. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Jason Born Identity. Um, so I love this. That You're was five,
0: really really inside, by the way.
1: <laughs> I think people could probably find that if you type. I, you know what if I can find it I'll put it I'll I'll, I'll. you know if I can find it I'll put it in the show right here <laughs> listen very careful what I have to tell you
0: I remember I remember, I remember everything <laughs> hey, are
1: you? I am Jason born identity are you from Kimmel?
0: No. Oh. Stay right there. What? Now he wants to bump me from my own f-ing movies? Huh? You can't even say it right. It's Jason. Jason. No, Jason. Jason. Ja ja Jason. Yeah yeah Jason. Oh, f- Did Kimmel send you down here. Who's Jimmy Kimmel? I didn't say Jimmy. No speaking. No 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 no. I asked you a, no hey hey hey! I ask you a question. Come here, come here,
1: buddy. Hey, hey. I'm so... I, yeah, I think five out of five stars for that opening sequence. I just thought it was great. I mean, I, I literally was like, okay, I've gotten my money's worth. Even if the rest of the movie is terrible, I've gotten my money's worth. Uh, we then get the James Bond opening sequence, which they play off the uh, almost octopus-like thing on this ring yeah. uh, to go into this sequence, which is naked ladies dancing around, um, octopuses grabbing them, and yeah. people turning into smoke. Yeah I got to say
0: that one of my biggest worries when they sort of did this Daniel Craig reboot of of the James Bond franchise was that they were going to lose those ridiculous opening title sequences and I am continually uh, you know thrilled beyond belief and and uh, and happy to see that they've maintained those ridiculous opening title sequences.
1: No, I mean it is exactly the same kind of things you you, you know you saw years and years ago. Uh, it's very 70s, you know, very 60s. Oh yeah, uh, psychedelic. Um, I, this one though, I, the, the song didn't grab me. No. Um, the opening sequence didn't. I mean, you know, I think I think really the sequence is you know, uh, predicated on on how good the song was. Uh, Do you know uh, anything about the song for this one?
0: No, I just know it was one of those, you know, popular singers now. Simon something, Simon. I want to Sam Simon, but that's the guy from The Simpsons.
1: Oh, my God. Um, Could you imagine if that was his last thing was... The it thing, was Sam I, Sam Smith,
0: by the way, Sam right? Smith. The thing I don't like about these, these movies now is it used to be like, hey, the movie's called Goldfinger, the song's called Goldfinger. The movie's a view to a kill, the song's a view to a kill. Right. Now it's like the movie's Quantum of Solace, we're going to have, or Casino Royale, and the song's going to be You Know My Name or whatever that song was. Mm, yeah. You know, I just want, you know, like they couldn't make a song called Spectre?
1: This was called Writings on the Wall. Is yeah. Shirley Bassey still alive? Yeah. Why don't they have her just do all of them? I know. (laughs) Specta,
0: Exactly. It seems like that stuff writes itself.
1: (laughs) I would love to see it. (laughs) I I want her to do all of them and have them. Oh, wait, hold on a second. The mixed reaction to the song led to Shirley Bassey trending on Twitter the day it was released.
0: Wow. You think we could get a Kickstarter going where we just (laughs) get Shirley Bassey... And get her to do Bond songs for all of the the Bond movies she didn't do music for. That's right. Um, we could write them because, like I, you know, I said they write themselves. Yeah. And then, you know, we just do like those fan edits. You know, those fan edits you see on the internet. Oh,
1: I think we, I think we should get a Kickstarter yeah. for this. She's seventy eight. She probably still has a voice. She can, she could probably rock that song out. Yeah. She might need a break in between. You know, we couldn't yeah, could do them all. Yeah, we couldn't do them all in one but day. But you know what?
0: I bet you she's one of those old pros. One take. Right. Yeah. no, No. No. I think that's all you're gonna get. Or, yeah, oh, yeah. There's no vocoding as well. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I think you have to vocode on one one of the like maybe one of the absurd movies. <laughs> so like maybe yeah. the late seventies one or the early or maybe like Octopussy.
1: I would love that. That would be good. I did that was, think, Yeah, that
0: was right around the, you know, the, the, what, the, that was even when, like, Neil Young was experimenting <laughs> with vocoders. I, uh,
1: I thought of Octopussy immediately during this opening sequence. And I, I don't know if there was intentionally any reference, uh, but that's what I was thinking of throughout the, uh, the beginning of this.
0: Yeah, not a bad movie to be thinking about.
1: So, um, he goes back to to London. He he meets with with M and this is uh Ralph Fines. Yeah. Uh he's a he's a famous actor. Um what was his he did like the barefoot patient or something the he did like the. He was famous for some uh, some movie in like the late nineties. Is yes. he is he a uh, is he English known patient. for the English patient? And yeah. he was
0: also um in the Avengers, not the Marvel one. Oh, the,
1: that's right, the with
0: Peel and was uh, that Sean Connery? Yeah, Sean Connery was the bad guy, and he was Steed. Sure, I think the Patrick Mcnee character.
1: Now he he's a guy I hadn't seen in a movie in a while have you seen him in anything lately is is this uh has he been doing all of these
0: no he took over last movie from Judy uh, Dame Judy grand Dame Judy Judy Dench okay I this, think we talked offline that you hadn't seen Skyfall yeah I don't think I saw skyfall um, yeah so in skyfall um, spoiler alert for the movie you haven't seen yet. M, M uh, The the da- Grand Dame Judy Dench M is is this, this dispatched by the main villain. Um, finally fixing that incredible continuity problem that I've always had with with her following after the the Pierce Brosnan movie. Yeah,
1: that was kind of weird. It was like uh, she was had terrible. a contract for an had, extra like, few films or yeah, something. Yeah, I don't know if she had
0: an ironclad contract or what, or if she had. You I know,
1: won't get out of this contract. <laughs>
0: Or she had pictures of Michael Wilson or something. Like, no. I
1: need to be in James Bond.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, she died, and uh, the, the Rafe Fiennes character um, Mallory took over. Um, and it's convenient that his name is Mallory because then he can just become the new M. I see.
1: So uh, Rafe Fiennes, by the way, I'm looking at his. Uh, he's got quite a filmography. He was also Lord Voldemort in oh, okay. uh, in Harry Potter. Um, and uh yeah, so he's got so this. this is what I was wondering about him. He was a guy I haven't heard of in years, but it looks like he's not only been working, but been working very successfully in, in, in tons of movies. So okay.
0: Yeah, once again I'm, showing you I'm out of touch.
1: Trust <laughs> me, yeah. There's no I'm not expecting <laughs> to be in touch, but yeah, I was I, I saw him and I was like, Wow, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um so so there's this conversation with him and he's like hey uh you blew up a city block and james bonds like that block was already messed up and he, wait no that's from uh that's from rush hour but still he was, was like you <laughs> know what there
0: would have been a, a much bigger mess
1: yeah they blew up the stadium but um so he's like ah, i'm taking away your license to kill again and you're you're off the force and get out of my office. And it's then he's so
0: ineffective now in Bond movies. Yeah. I think there's more Bond movies where he's off off the clock than he's on the clock.
1: You know, I, I totally immediately I was like, "Oh, here we go with that." It didn't I mean, it felt like it had no weight behind it. Yeah. Um, even Bond didn't seem
0: to care. <laughs> All right, whatever. Bond was like, "Oh, we're doing this dance again."
1: <laughs> so, uh then the the bad guy comes in and but right now we think he's a good guy uh and he's C. Yeah, and he's uh, he's like he's he wants there to be uh, some kind of nine eyes commission of all all the nine continents.
0: Yeah, or countries. Yeah, it's like a linked security system.
1: He wants everybody together, um, and this is a plot that plays out throughout it. We don't know he's bad yet, but we kind of can tell. I mean, yeah. he's, he's at least going to be the bumbling bureaucrat that we're going to hate, but yeah. uh, he turns out to be a total bad guy.
0: Um, well, so, it's funny because they've been trying since since Goldeneye, which was over twenty years ago at this point, to paint um, Bond and 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 uh, and and his whole you know the whole you know M and Bond and that whole department is sort of being um, obsolete. Right. <laughs> yeah,
1: they're like you. <laughs> Double O's are the past. We're gonna yeah. bring you into the
0: light. Yeah.
1: They uh, he is sent to see Q, and uh, we have a new Q. Um, how long is this guy? This guy took over, I guess, after John Cleese decided he didn't want to do any more of them.
0: Well, yeah, he sort of he got he got cycled out with the with with Pierce, and they had Q branch in the other movies, but this this Q this actual Q. Um, Ben Washaw, I think his name is, he debuted in Skyfall. So Skyfall really set a lot of this table. All right,
1: this is uh, Ben. And I like him. I
0: think he's, I think I really enjoy his cue.
1: Yeah, let's, uh, let me, let me tell you about that. Um, He did the voice of Paddington Bear, by the way, in the new Uh, Paddington Bear movie. So he's, he's got my vote. Um, I'm looking at his uh, filmography. He was in Layer Cake. Wasn't that a Daniel Craig movie? That
0: was a Daniel Craig movie. Yeah, pre-bond.
1: 2004 and, uh, Uh, Cloud Atlas, he played, oh boy, he played the cabin boy, Robert Forbisher, the store clerk, Georgette, and the tribesman. God, I gotta see that movie.
0: Yeah, I kind of feel like that's a movie. Isn't that the one where Harry Barry plays plays an old Asian man? Asian man, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. This is like, I've been putting this off because I I can't wait to see it, but I want to, I want to settle into it, you know, years from now when. When everything that needs to be written about it has been written.
0: <laughs> it's like a fine bottle of wine that you let That's right. just bad. So uh this guy, so he
1: plays it obviously very different than uh Doug Llewellyn was the famous uh, Q. Was it? I think That's his name was not right, Doug Llewellyn, wasn't he like No, that was D- Daniel Llewellyn? Yes. Doug Llewellyn, I think, was the bailiff on uh, on People's Court. <laughs> yeah. Now that was rusty. He was on one of those
0: news shows. I no, think. I think
1: Doug Llewellyn was the guy. They'd be like, "All right, now go talk to Doug Llewellyn." And he'd yeah. go out, and they'd go in the hallway and he'd say, he'd say, "You didn't win today. You didn't. You thought you'd win though, right?" And they'd say, "Yeah, I wish I had won." And then they'd leave. Um, yeah, I don't remember what uh, what cues uh, what the actor's name was, but I do remember he was um, he was an elderly actor. They replaced him with um, uh, they replaced him with John Cleese, and then he passed away in a car accident. Yeah, uh, shortly did after he, he, he
0: did, did, I think they actually did a pass the torch thing, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, so they had yeah. done
1: the pass the torch thing, and then not dying of old age, yeah. he was he? he instead, uh, you know, re, he was he was driving a Porsche like 120 miles an hour. <laughs> going, <"Woo-hoo!"
0: laughs> no, he wasn't. <laughs>
1: Okay, no, he probably was very much sadder than that. But I want to picture him driving as fast as he can at
0: a point. Like going out with a bottle of, you know, he had like yeah. a bottle of fireball or. That's right. No,
1: it was his first trip to the U.S., and he was like, I'm going to drive drunk on the opposite side of the road today. <laughs> Woohoo! Uh, rest in peace. Um, okay. So, Ben Wishaw, I uh, thought he was very good. He plays, so he's, he's kind of like this nerdy. Um, uh, he, he reminded me of the guy who plays Scarecrow in the in the uh, new Batman movies. Yeah, yeah. Kind of has that, that Billy look. Billion
0: Murphy, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I liked him a lot. So he uh, he injects Bond with some uh, microchips that are going to be able to track him wherever he goes because of his journey to Mexico that he wasn't supposed to take. Yeah. And he tells Bond that Bond can't have the car because 009 is going to take it. Yeah. Uh, which I wanted so badly to see 009 in this movie. I thought it would be so great if 009 ended up having some significant, you know, like being the bad guy
0: or uh, yeah. just well, being, did, you know, helping
1: out or something.
0: Yeah. Well, they did that in GoldenEye. The Sean Bean character in GoldenEye was a, a 00 agent. Uh, yeah. And then we also had in in... In Octopussy, we had the double agent that was dressed like a clown. Yes, we did. That's right. He was he was murdered in the line of duty as well dressed like a clown. That's
1: right. That is is that the only film? Because I know in that film, uh, Roger Moore dresses as a clown briefly. <laughs> and is that the only Bond in clown makeup?
0: Yeah, I think yeah. I mean, diamonds are forever, they go to Circus Circus Casino. Right.
1: We got uh, bond in this one wearing a mask, you know, like yeah.
0: uh, the with a um,
1: a skeleton mask, but yeah. uh,
0: No, come on. Roger Moore had to do more goofy <laughs> stuff than just dress like a clown.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure he did. I'm just saying I think that's his only clown moment. <laughs> I think it's yeah. the only clown bond. Yeah. Uh so so he injects him with this thing, but Bond uh, – and he gives him a watch, which he says, the, you know, check the alarm on it. It's very loud or something. He, yeah. We yeah. know that that's going to pay up later, you know. Um, but he won't get – Yeah, but you know what? That
0: does seem like a big enough hint to me. Yeah. Like, well, we get to the point in that movie where he's going to use the watch, and I'm like, what's going to happen here? And how is he sure what's going to happen? Like. Yeah.
1: I mean, my only thought was, I guess he already knows what that means. I guess yeah. that that was shorthand that he understood because I thought it meant it was going to be very loud. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just thought it would make a loud, yeah, like a yeah. loud so, like, I thought there'd be a scene where they'd be like, uh, oh, everybody better stay quiet, and then he needed to make a diversion, and he pressed it. It's like, wah, 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 and everybody's like, whoa, yeah. that's a loud alarm. Um But, no, it was, uh it pays off uh, much differently. Um so he says he says to uh, t- to Q, he says, uh, "Is there any way you can uh, let me disappear for a little while?" And he's like, no, if if you if you do that, I'll my cats will my cats won't get fed and you know I'll lose my job and yeah. then and Bond makes a joke here. He says, "Well, you should do it for the sake of your cats." Yes. Uh, which I liked. I liked uh, some, you know, Bond you know, in not just in a few humorous situations, but actually kind of making a joke. Mm -hmm. Uh, At that moment, I thought that was good. Um, And so he says that for 48 hours, he says there may be some problems with the transmission. You can, you know, hint, hint, you can sneak away. And Bond goes to Rome to attend the funeral of the guy he killed in the Mexico. Yep. Okay. And then he meets with her widow. uh, His widow, yep. Yeah, his widow, who is a famous actress. Um, yeah, Monica
0: and, Bellucci, right?
1: Monica Bellucci. Yeah. Um, and he meets with her, and he sort of protects her. These guys are coming in to kill her. Then he makes out with her, and then he leaves and says, "Felix Leiter will take care of her."
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and that's it for her.
0: Yeah, really weird, uh, really weird sequence in the movie where, uh, it I don't know. It seems like you could have done a ton of other things there but i guess hey anytime you can inject a, another bond girl into a movie it's not a bad thing sure
1: but here's so here's this is the first thing that i was confused about and now we've wiped it off the table i kept thinking well i'm supposed to know about this lady and this man from a previous movie i'm supposed to know this story and that's why this is all supposed to be meaningful to me but none of this was supposed to have any deeper meaning other than that we're stuck in the middle of a story that's already started
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay,
1: great. And then that's that's fine. Yeah, that's that's
0: another thing I liked about this movie, because, you know, we watched a lot of the Bond movies when we were kids. mm -hmm. And before you can really sort of follow plots as much as you should be. Yeah. So I remember watching a lot of Bond movies when I was a kid and having no idea what was going on. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's true. And loving it. No, absolutely. And this was, and that being the case, I didn't mind it, but I was thinking based on a lot of the things that happened later, I was thinking maybe I should have known that. But so, um, so he visits her, cause he, cause, uh, we find out, and I don't know whether it's, I think it's a little later, but we see a clip of, um, of Graham Dane Judy Dench, and she's like, born divine ever killed. If I ever killed you, watch this DVD of me, and yes. I will tell you that you what you need to do is go kill that guy and then go to his funeral. Don't
0: forget. Um, you know, I love it. Imagine that happened in real life. What would you do if, God forbid, I died, and <laughs> you got a DVD in the mail from me saying, you know, you know Joe Schmo, you know, Two Towns Over, it needs to, be, needs to be destroyed. Do you throw the DVD in the trash, or what do you do?
1: I I mean, for you, I think I might have to kill Joe Schmo. I mean, yes. I don't know Joe Schmo. It's your last wish.
0: Yeah. Uh, Bond, um, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send you a DVD <laughs> that says, go get a chocolate Sunday. <laughs> go get a hot fudge Sunday.
1: You should send one of those every month, just in case. Because one month it'll be right, so you should just Right, eventually. I'm not not saying it's going to be right soon. I just have a lot of hot fudge Sundays between now and then. Um, So, all right, so Bond then goes to this Spectre meeting, right? He sneaks into this uh, Spectre meeting because the widow tells him about it. Uh, It's a bunch of guys sitting around a darkened room. We can't see the guy at the head of the table, uh, but he ends up being the main villain later in the film. Mm Mm-hmm. The other guy that's in charge, they're like, this guy's in charge. Does anybody want to stand up and show how you could be in charge? Yeah, I think he's
0: like, what, he's like the head henchman.
1: Yeah. He's like, and so Batista walks in and they're like, Mr. Hinks. Mr. Hinks. Pretty good name. Uh, Batista, um, let's talk about, Batista enters. We'll talk about what happens afterwards. Let's talk about his look for this film. He's wearing tailored suits. Uh, he never shows off his muscles, yeah. although you can see them through his suits. He's a yeah. brutish, you know, big guy. Um, he's got his hair uh, a little longer and darker than we're used to. It's not long at all, but it 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 is not totally shaved down like he usually has it. Uh, he's got a pretty thick beard. Um, what did you think of his look? I liked it.
0: You know. It was I, solid. I, yeah, yeah, a solid, solid look.
1: He has uh, silver long nails. They <laughs> yes. only play this really le- once in the film. I mean, it's they're there, but they, they only play a big role in this scene.
0: Yeah, which is a, a a great Bond villain scene. Um, I would have liked
1: to see them three or four times in the movie. Like, Jaws is Jaws. I'd like to, you know, I want, when you introduce this crazy thing that he's got these oversized silver fingernails, I want them to be... I want them to be all over the place, you know. I, I forgot them.
0: he had him until somebody mentioned the movie when we were talking about it.
1: Yeah. I mean I believe during his fight with Bond later we see him again briefly, but he doesn't he I think he tries to use him but he can't. You know, yeah. Bond hits him or something. But I felt like that was a thing that if you're gonna give him those, I feel like get, go all out. We gotta we gotta be poking lots of eyeballs out. So he oh, yeah. he pokes the guy's eyeballs out, snaps his neck and they're like, Well, I guess you've got the job. Um <laughs> And then the guy in the chair, who at this
0: point, do we know his name? No, and we don't know it's Blofeld, no.
1: Okay. At this point, we don't know uh, who this is. He he turns around and he's like, hi, James Bond, you know, how are you? James Bond had introduced himself as Mickey Mouse when he came in. Uh, he, James Bond then throws a guy off the balcony, jumps out the window, jumps into his car, and then has this car chase, great car chase, I thought, with, with Batista. Batista. Yeah. Um, I thought this was a, you know, as far as just a simple car chase through some streets, I like this. This wasn't Blues Brothers crazy or anything, but it was good. I mean, it was a solid, you know, exciting chase.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it had what? A, an ejector seat ending.
1: Ejector seat ending, but my favorite part was, and this is a very, it felt like a very Bond moment, was the old Italian guy in the car in front of him. Where, oh, yeah. like Bond is right behind him honking his horn, and the guy's like, get fish, you know? And, and then Bond pushes his car, and the guy's like, ooh. And then the great moment of the guy's car barreling forward and then stopping just as it hits yeah. the post, you know? It's yeah. like, Tik! and then the airbag comes out.
0: Yeah. Um, what, yeah. Watching that sequence and watching a lot of the stuff in this movie. Um, I'm a fan of the Daniel Craig Bond movies. Um, okay. You know, don't get me wrong. But watching Spectre, I, I thought to myself constantly, why couldn't they have done this in the previous three films?
1: Okay. This is see. This is what I felt watching this, and I was curious what your take. I felt like this was this felt very different to me, and this felt much more the the Bond movie I wanted to see, um, and that was specifically what I had noticed was that this kind of stuff, this kind of stuff that was fun. You know, there seemed to be yeah. much more fun in this
0: movie. Um, yeah, Tonally, it felt more in line with, if if nothing else, the the Pierce movies.
1: Ah, very good. Okay. Okay. So we're in sync. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he ejects. Uh, Batista doesn't think he ejected, right? Batista thinks he's dead. Yeah. Um, and and so then uh, during the car chase, he's on the phone with Money Penny, who's in bed with some dude. Yeah. Uh, and James is a little annoyed by that. Uh, as as territorial as James Bond can be.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: and so they talk about. Uh, he asks her to look up Franz Obenhauser uh, before and after his death, I think, or maybe he <laughs> says that later to uh, uh, to Q. But it, he he's concerned about this guy who's dead and he believes is still alive. Right. So he goes to Austria, and I think at this point we cut to um, the uh, the British. Uh, the guy who's in charge m we cut to M and then the bad guy C and uh some kind of vote where they're voting there's like a council of countries in Africa's like we're not down with your crazy you know everybody on the same page terrorist thing yeah. uh, and he finds out about this car crash, and he calls up uh Q and says, "Hey, you tell me bond is is not involved in this, right and he's like, no, he's in you know rottingham or whatever yeah. Uh, and so he's like, "Oh, good. He better be, or you're in trouble. Uh, you're fired, or you know, jailed, or something." Um. So, but Bond isn't. Bond's in Austria. Yeah. So he goes to find Mr. White, and Mr. White is somehow connected to this Mexican crime.
0: Yeah, and this is really where they start to tie everything together. So to get a little bit into this, Please. when when they made Casino Royale. Um, or well, let, me, let me even rewind it. There was a guy who co-wrote the novel Thunderball, or I'm sorry, co-wrote a screenplay for Thunderball before it was even a novel with Ian Fleming named uh, Kevin um, McOry, something, uh, God, I can't okay. believe I can't remember his name. But yeah. either way, he had uh, partial ownership of the Blofeld character, and uh-huh. that's ultimately why we got Never Say Never Again. He thought that owning uh, the rights to Thunderball um, gave him the right to make Bond movies. Right. So, for years, Eon Productions was trying to get the rights to Spectre and to Blofeld. And he died. Uh, the, this Kevin guy died finally. And in 2013, they came to an agreement with his estate mm. to finally, I guess they paid off the estate. And, you know, the guy was dead and he didn't have a grudge to hold anymore. Um, So now they were finally able to use Blofeld and Spectre. So in Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace, they kind of hint around this organization that in Quantum of Solace is called Quantum. Um, And what they were finally able to do is they were able to use Spectre and use Blofeld. So this dude that he finds in Austria is the guy that they set up way back in Casino Royale. He's the guy that ends up in the trunk at the end of Casino Royale.
1: Wow. All right. Yeah. Um, so, help me out on this. So, the Blofeld character had previously appeared in more than one James Bond film. Spectre had previously been part of multiple
0: films. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So, um, Blofeld was in, I think, a total of seven of the movies, and he was played by different actors each time. Uh, ah. The first two times we see him in, uh, from, uh, I think, From Russia with Love is the first time we see him. Um, You know, you just saw him sort of like um, Inspector Gadget style.
1: So Blofeld, all right, so I'm looking here on on Blofeld's wiki page. Mm -hmm. Um, So Blofeld is Dr. Evil. This is the character that Dr. Evil was
0: based on. Yeah, especially if you look at the the Donald Pleasance version from uh, "You right. Only Live Twice."
1: Yes, I mean that's the picture they have here on the page with the cat, which the mm-hmm. cat is in this film. The, uh, so okay, so it says here he appears in uh, three novels: "Thunderball," or "On Her Majesty's Secret Service," "You mm-hmm. Only Live Twice," and seven films: from "Russia with Love" in '63, then "Thunderball," "You Only Live Twice," "Her Majesty's Secret Service," "Diamonds Are Forever." For your eyes only, nineteen eighty one, and that's the one. Okay, so we watched that one.
0: Drop down the. Uh, they
1: shoot him out. They eject him out, and he explodes or whatever.
0: Right. He, well, no, he gets he drops him down the. Uh, they drop him down that 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 big steam pipe.
1: Oh right, because I remember. It's
0: like like I a, a remember helicopter. Yes, and I remember you. It was almost like a jetpack. No, I think that's another time they blew him up. But what I remember
1: specifically was you saying that his death was really beneath this character, that they that his death is like a joke
0: yeah.
1: at the beginning of this film, whereas it was this storied character. I think this is what you said when we were watching it.
0: Was yeah, that- yeah, and I mean, he's also the guy that in the continuity, at least before this reboot, killed Bond's wife. Bond gets married and... Right. His wife's wife's murdered, and Bloke all the time.
1: Lazenby. Lazenby, yeah. uh, Yeah. Okay. And he was also played by Telly Savalas, and so that's, I think, On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah. Which, if I remember correctly, so that's the one where he's got the mountaintop lair, which reminds me very much of where we meet Mr. White's daughter in this mountaintop uh, place, you know, this mountaintop glass building. Yeah. and also, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, I'm pretty sure it's the only Christmassy James Bond film. There's a little Christmas scene in there with uh, some Christmas music, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, Christmas trees. Right. and Yeah,
0: yeah. Although, I don't know, for some reason, a view to a Kill's ringing a bell, but uh, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm wrong. I remember the San Francisco sequence. Um, ah. I don't know. I don't, it's been years since I've seen that movie. I've.
1: I, I did watch um, one of them at Christmas, and I'm almost positive it's that one. There was one that I was like, ah, oh, you know what? This is the closest thing to a... It's got a lot of snow in it. Yeah, I was like, you know, it'll work. Um, all right, so let's get back to the to the plot here. So, um, and it, this is a very dense and difficult to navigate plot. All right, so this guy's dying of... He's been poisoned. Yeah. Uh, he blows his brains out, and he talks about his daughter. hmm Bond goes... To, uh, to find the daughter, right?
0: Yeah, she's like a, a doctor, so Bond makes an appointment with her for, what, like some kind of psychological analysis?
1: Yeah, and he gives her a lot of, like, he gives her more information than I think he should. Yeah. Like, he could just lie, and instead he's like, I don't feel like telling you that. It's very sad, and <laughs> it's horrible. Um, and so so then she gets captured by Batista. Yeah. Yeah. Now, here's where the movie gets awesome for a little while. (laughs) So Bond gets in a plane and chases them. Oh, my God, yes. And very quickly, this becomes a chase where the plane is on the ground, just sliding towards them, after them, and into them.
0: Amazing. Amazing, amazing (laughs) sequence. And another classic Bond movie moment
1: (laughs) this is totally I mean this is like the James Bond where they jump out of the airplane and then use the uh use the raft as a as an inflatable parachute Uh I mean this is one of those where any one little thing went wrong this whole chase goes totally different oh yeah yeah. it's so far-fetched and so ridiculous but so much fun to watch um Batista by the way at this point has not had a single
0: line. No, which is is another thing I kind of love and and you know they were doing the callback really I think to probably jaws.
1: Mhm. Yeah, no I mean he's got the silver nails and and he's a big giant. Um so we we got a little bit more on this Nine Eyes program. I didn't feel like any of this, I mean, I, I don't, I feel like this is necessary to the plot, but I think we can, we can kind of, uh, buzz past it.
0: Yeah, it's the ticking bomb you need in, a, in a Bond movie. Right, exactly. Um so, we
1: then, uh, so, at this point, we go with Swan to this, like, Hotel, the La American, which uh, Bond originally thinks is a man. Then he finds it's a hotel.
0: Uh, (laughs) That was the thing that really bothered me. Wouldn't, like, a Google search have have answered this question in, like, four seconds?
1: (laughs) I don't know what that is, Craig. James Bond.
0: Let me Google this.
1: (laughs) I don't think James Bond has ever Googled. You saw his apartment. His TV's on the floor. (laughs) I bet you – so – uh when did money when did uh Grand Dame Judy Dench's character die? Uh
0: 2012.
1: So that was the last film? Yeah, it's got it. Do you think it took him 3 years to get a TV and figure out how to play the DVD? <laughs>
0: yeah. It was like that joke we had with what? Triple, Triple H, H. H. playing V. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: joke, which I think was on this show, was (laughs) that the chaperone, they printed up one copy on VHS because Triple H doesn't know how to operate a DVD player. (laughs) And we put it
0: on one of his top-loading VCRs (laughs) in his office at night hours.
1: And he would go, Stephanie. And she'd come in and say, what? He's like, I can't figure out how to work this, this VCR. She's like, did you change anything on it? She's like, no, I never touch your VCR. Um, I think
0: Triple H calls it a movie machine.
1: This is my movie, you touch my movie machine.
0: <laughs> and now you know that, like Triple H's kids think, you know, they're, like, they're always saying, "Oh, Dad, <laughs> Look, he's so out of the loop." Um, so, uh, except when he's around Vince, and then he feels like a genius.
1: Yeah, because when Vince, it comes
0: to technology,
1: Vince picks up the VHS tape and he's like,
0: "Look at this! You
1: have one of these in your home." So so uh, all right, so we then so the the MI agents, the 00 people, they're going into this building called like uh, Hawthorne or whatever, this safe house um, and oh, we I'm missing this whole section. So there's this whole section where they go to this house, he finds this back room, they travel to this next location on a train, yeah, right? Is this is yeah. the, next, the next big sequence is them on a train. Batista comes in after them, and we get this crazy, awesome Batista fight on a train.
0: Yeah, and it reminded me of um, From Russia with Love, uh, the big train fight in that with Robert Shaw, and then also the big train fight with Jaws yes. in, in um, I think it was The Spy Who Loved Me. This,
1: I mean, I felt like all of this stuff is a callback. I feel yeah. like they're they're constantly referring back to the previous film. So yeah. this fight is great. I mean, I wish I had seen it ten times so I could break down all the things that happened. But there's great moments like Batista getting hit in the head and no-selling it, you know, getting hit yeah. like a jar. Yeah, and then body. you have
0: the, the double team at one point, too.
1: Yep, and Batista smacks her down, and then she yeah. shoots him in the arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then eventually he gets tied up to these, to these kegs and we just start seeing the kegs go off the train and we yeah. know that when that last one goes, that he's going with it. Yeah. And he has his one, one line, yep. uh, he he swears on his way out, which is, I thought was kind of odd. I don't think they swear a lot in Bond films. Do they? No, nah, not really. I guess mm-hmm. more in the newer ones. I guess you yeah. probably, uh, as they've gone on, but, um, and that I think is the only swear word in this incredibly adult film. That's one of yeah. the things that I find somewhat unusual about the Bond films. Um, that while you would never put a child in front of them, the, the language is not the reason.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Batista gets, get, gets, hurled out of this, uh, out of this train and he's gone. He doesn't come back. And, uh, I'm disappointed. Yeah.
0: Uh, I, I, you know, you almost expect him to come back. You know, all scarred up or. I did. I expected yeah, him too. to come back.
1: Um, so, let's stop right here and talk about what we thought of his performance, how they used him in the film. Uh, what, what you give it on a scale to say one to five?
0: Um, just in in a vacuum. Yeah. I, I think um, his performance was 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 great. I would give him a five we have him a
1: five but i'm saying the whole character the whole use of him you know we're we're crediting how much he was in the script was he in just the right amount too much you know that yeah,
0: comes... i mean if 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 we're viewing specter in a in a vacuum meaning it's the only james bond movie we've ever seen mm. i'd probably rank it a strong a strong 4 okay i think we could have used one or two more sequences with him yeah um But overall, I don't think he'll go down in history as like an iconic Bond villain.
1: Yeah, I wanted a lot more with him. Yeah. And I don't know if it was just that, you know, he's Batista, but I just thought he was really good. I, I just like, I like the heavy. I like that, you know, that character. Um, and I felt like once he was gone, I kind of wanted him next to the bad guy in the last scenes of the movie, you know? Yeah. I wanted,
0: yeah, you know, the train sequence is such a great payoff. So I think, you know, it, it, you, you, it, I think it's kind of hard to, to bring him back after that, although sure. I think they should have. But also, I think if you had one more physical confrontation, it's sort of like Godzilla movie where Godzilla fights a monster and Godzilla falls down. And then he gets back up later and, and fights again later in the movie and wins. Yeah. I would have liked the physical confrontation between Bond and Mr. Hanks where Mr. Hanks kicks his butt. Right, right. You know, and then Bond falls down like Godzilla, and then, you know, later Bond in the movie he comes back and he's got his number.
1: I also didn't like that Bond seemed to not outsmart him as much as just physically be his equal in this yeah. fight. Which I was like, what's going on here? Come on. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I did like it. I thought it was a great fight. Yeah, I'd give him about a three. Uh, yeah. I, I thought he was fine. I think he probably can act better than they than the, the, the character allowed. Uh, but I thought he looked good, and... Um, I thought he never looked out of place, you no. know. Uh, and I would like to, I would definitely have liked to have seen more of him. So he was like um, Darth Maul, getting getting killed too soon when we okay. wanted him to stick around.
0: By the way, I was thinking about this. Um, we did our our bond. We did a bond episode when Skyfall came out. Yes. Yes. You know, and we talked about what uh, Tanaka.
1: Yeah, and Goldeneye. Yeah. Yeah, Harold yeah. Sanaka.
0: Yeah, Gold Goldfinger. Yeah, Goldfinger, and at the time we talked about who, what wrestlers we'd like to see as Bond villains, and I don't think either one of us mentioned Big Dave Bautista. Ah,
1: well, I I think he's a good one. I think. Yeah. I think though, if I'm going on all time wrestlers that are alive, who I'd choose, I still would choose Big Show. I think he's probably my. I think I'd go Big Show and then Vince McMahon. That's my second choice.
0: <laughs> well, you could and you then could, you could have Vince McMahon, McMahon be the my heavy. Search. And Big Show be the henchman. That
1: would be so great. I'm in. I'm, so, I'm, I'm also in, if, uh, if they cast John Cena as James
0: Bond. Oh, my God, yeah. And, and then I think you also have to work in Hornswoggle, too. <laughs> That's right.
1: So um, so we go to this. So this guy pulls up in the desert in a Rolls Royce um, and takes them to Blofeld's weird little bubble compound where he's spying on the world.
0: Yeah, another great James Bond movie sort of trope callback where you have the exotic villain location.
1: Mhm. And he uh he ends up separating the two of them and then he tortures Bond by drilling holes in his
0: face. Yeah, and there's just there's certain points that if you hit you'll turn off the switch that controls something.
1: This is what I don't like. This is the part I didn't like cuz I just thought he should just be wanting to drill holes in his face. I yeah. thought he should just be a crazy villain cuz it doesn't work anyway.
0: Yeah, he's what supposed he's to trying, be erasing memories. And- yeah.
1: And he doesn't get so he doesn't he fails at it. So I feel like why bring it up? It's to me it's better. It's a better callback to old James Bond films first of all, but it's also I don't know, I, I feel like it's a better villain thing than him being some kind of, you know, trying to do some kind of weird Hannibal Lecter, you know, uh, I'm going to cut parts of your brain out thing. Yes. I think it was much better when he's just like, I'm I'm a crazy guy drilling holes in your head. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is where James Bond takes the watch and sets the alarm. Bond knows it's going to take one minute and then it's going to explode. He's all on top of it. He read the manual.
0: Yeah, but you know what? This is another problem I had, and, and it's it's I guess it's forgiven in the older Bond movies, but here it's like, you think if you if you capture a 00 agent, you'd pretty much empty his pockets, take a, his watch and off, take, take his watch.
1: Yeah, although I think they were thinking what everybody in the world would think is there's no way you could put enough explosives into a watch to to blow up what they blew up in that room.
0: That's a good point.
1: I mean, I really don't think so. Otherwise, TSA would totally be making us take off our watches. Yes. I mean, they do make us take off our watches, but they wouldn't let us take them on the plane in the first place. If we could, right. if you could yep. blow up a plane with a watch. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, God, please, please never let them be able to blow up a plane with a watch. No. Please, Craig. Um, so, uh, let's see. So, we then, so then we get this, we get this whole weird thing where that, so Blofeld was James Bond's. Sort of uh, proxy brother because his father helped raise James Bond for a few years. Yeah. When Bond's family. I don't know. I didn't need all this. But I guess, I mean, they're playing to a uh, an arc over four movies. So I guess that's fine. Um, yeah. And she, she wants Bond to change and Bond uh, doesn't want to change. We get to London for this big showdown. Um and this is where she's like, I'm leaving you Bond because you know, even though we are we're, we're a couple and we're in love and, and you're really sweet and I'm really nice, uh you're still gonna kill people and I can't be around it. Yeah. So uh Blofeld I guess captures her, rigs her with explosives, mm-hmm. Bond rescues her, goes through this maze of, of pictures of uh of like Judy Dench. Again, like her pictures on the wall. Yeah, like, and and, and, oh, and, the, and the
0: villain, Yeah, and the villain from Skyfall. The, oh, really? Yeah, his name was Silva. It was um, the guy from No Country for Old Men with the
1: oh, yes, the, the pay, you know the Javier Bardem or something. Yeah,
0: with the yeah. He-Man haircut. That's right. <laughs> or the Dutch boy, right?
1: <laughs> the uh, the uh, the Prince uh, Prince Prince Valiant, yeah. yeah, yeah, He-Man. Uh, I love it. Um, I'm going to use that from now on. So, uh, so Bond saves her, uh, Blofeld, we get, we get like a face off between the two of them. Blofeld's got like a big scar on his face. Uh, Bond gets a chance to kill Blofeld, but Ooh. then he doesn't.
0: Ooh. You don't like this? Not at all. It didn't seem in character for me. It's, it was, you know, the equivalent of the don't do it, man. He's not worth it, you know? Yeah. Um, and for Bond, I just think, after four movies, saying he, you know, he's the architect of all the pain in his life. I think Bond pulls that trigger. He's got a license to kill. Um,
1: I think you don't put Bond in that situation. If, exactly. If, if you, you want, want, want him, be to, to not bring, kill him. Yeah, you, you want make to bring it, back. Yeah, make it that Bond isn't close enough, and that they get him first, and Bond can't shoot him.
0: Yeah, or maybe he's out of bullets.
1: Yeah, but don't
0: no. the trigger.
1: Well, he's got to have that moment, though, where he goes back with her. So if he pulls the trigger, she's not staying with him. Are you saying you don't want him to leave with her at the end of the movie? Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I mean, I I don't know that he should, but, I mean, that's the story that they're trying to tell. Um, So, and then this goes to the end of the movie. We get credits, and then at the end, uh, James Bond will return, it says on the bottom of the screen. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: Yeah, for the 25th entry, which is going to be a big deal.
1: 25. So here's my thing. I I loved the start of this film, and I felt like with each act, I liked it a little bit less, and I really didn't like the end. I felt like there was a part where um, there was a part towards the end where she, where they blow up Blofeld's like uh, that that thing where he's spying on everybody. Yeah, and he goes, "It's not over yet." And I was like, "Ah!" <laughs> I literally thought he was talking to me. He was like, "Don't put your coat on."
0: Yeah, you're like, "What did James Cameron make this movie?"
1: Yeah, I I felt like the movie should have wrapped quicker. I I know Pierce Brosnan. Tweeted, I guess, or did an interview where he said that he thought the movie was too long. Yeah, um, and I, I didn't really feel it was too long when I saw it. Uh, it's not like one of those movies where I really felt like I was looking at my watch, but I felt that the, I didn't like the, the last. Third of the film as much as the previous two thirds, and so maybe had that been tightened, uh, maybe it wasn't a length I was feeling, but just a an excess that I was feeling towards the end. Um, do you have any final thoughts before we tap or don't tap to this movie, Craig?
0: Um, I don't think I can give final thoughts without. All right, that's fair enough. Saying whether or not I
1: tapped. All right. So do you want me to tap first, or you tap first? Oh, you're gonna tap? Well, no, no. Do you want me to? <laughs> yes. Do you want to know? You want to re, the reveal of? Yes. what? Right. Okay. Um, yeah,
0: the, the, the 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 um the camel clutch is applied.
1: That's right. So uh, so I so again I love the opening to this film. I feel the Batista element is very good. Uh, this was my favorite of the uh, Daniel Craig films that I've seen. Um, and I think I've seen all but Skyfall, and I'm not sure I didn't see Skyfall. Like, I watched the trailer today, and I was like, maybe I did see this, or maybe I saw this trailer. Um, so I'm not sure which one it was. But uh, regardless, I really liked this. Uh, I I think it, it could have gone differently towards the end. I thought the end was hokey. Uh, but I don't tap out uh, to Spectre. Craig!
0: Yeah, um, for me, um, when I read that Dave uh, Bautista was going to be in this movie, um, it was really uh, a great, great moment because I, as much as I love the Bond movies, I, you know, we, we love pro wrestling too. And when you combine those, um, it creates uh, the potential for a great thing. I also agree with you that out of all the Daniel Craig Bond movies, this was my favorite. Tonally, it felt more in line with the Bond that I know and love. Um so yeah no no tap here. All right. Well,
1: that uh that'll bring us to a close on another one, Craig.
0: Yeah, it's it's great. I
1: Normally I, we talk a little bit about what wrestling was happening at this time, but since it's what's happening right now, I mean there's not for historical purposes. This came out about a month ago, so it was I guess Hell in the Cell was happening. Yeah, um, not much to say, you know, just because it's so recent, but uh, this was an interesting movie and another Dave Bautista film. We've now covered three of his films.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. There's there's some movies in his filmography that um, I, I know I've been anxious to, to cover on this show. Wrong Mainly, Side of the Tracks? Well, Wrong Side of the tr- wrong side of Town with Rob Van Dam. Uh, close enough. <laughs> yes. I was just looking at the title. I would have called it Wrong Side of the Tracks as well. I'm
1: sure the tracks divide the two sides of the town
0: that are wrong and right. But the one I really want to talk about is Scorpion King 3, oh. Battle for Redemption, which also stars, I believe, Kimbo Slice. Have you seen this? No.
1: All right, this right, got to do this one. All right, this is great. All right, very good. Uh, well, thanks again, Craig.
0: Oh, it's it's always my pleasure. I I, uh, I love talking uh, movies with wrestlers or wrestling in them with you.
1: And thanks to you for listening. And we'll see you next time right here on Camel Clutch Cinema.
0: So you wanna wrestle, huh? You're too little! We got ushers bigger than you! Leave! I gotta take a crack! Don't you see? Your skills plus my skills! In the ring! Tag team! How it patrols is John Triton! What are you doing up there?! Staying away from you! No more rhymes now, I mean it! Anybody wanna feel it? What's that smell?! (laughs) Down goes Jimmy King! Oh my god, a four-post massacre! No one can survive this! This isn't even a pay-per-view!